Hey, listen, how good is it to have the boys back on the box? Hello, Brisbane. says Brisbane crowds are consistently the league's biggest. North Korea launching an intermediate-range missile over Brisbane's new bike-hire scheme. What am I going to see in Paris that I can't see in Nashville? Like, at what point is a Highgate Hill? At what point is it South Brisbane or South Bank? You will find the location of where the treasure of Brisbane is hidden, mate. When I arrived, they advised I needed some 4X. Hello and welcome to Unpacking Brisbane. Today, Henry and I get cancelled. We come back, we sort of get cancelled again, and we chat about a suburb. It's a great day to be in Brisbane and a great day to be listening to this podcast. You're here with Henry Bretz. You are indeed. And yeah, Joe's touched on it there. We will get into the Clayfield episode, a great suburb that we're excited to talk about and unpack. But we wanted to address this head on. We don't think we should hide behind statements anymore. Or Simpsons and Seinfeld memes. Jerry and Kramer have done enough damage (laughs) this week and it's time to really just... I thought Michael Richards saying the N-word at a comedy club would be the most cancelable thing he's been involved in, but it looks like criticising a trendy inner-city cafe has gotten us in even more strife. Let's just take (laughs) listeners back to the beginning and let us address you through our own format, on our own terms. Listeners... You might have heard the Barden episode yeah. where, as we like to do in in, ev- jest. in all episodes, we, we read out feedback that you've sent in. Yeah. Now, we will say this, and this isn't to shift the blame. No. Because constituents and listeners are never to blame. No. They are only representing their experience. Their lived and, experience. And, and, and the show is fed through our filter and our lens. Mm, of course. Now, having said that, we did receive Some a message. significant amount of communication. About a cafe. Yeah. We read it out and... <laughs> we in, reported the news. And as we do, <laughs> when we report the news, we put what someone call a humorous spin on it. A little bit yeah. of sugar spice. A bit of spice. A little bit of spice. Yeah. And we've done that to many businesses yeah. in the past. We've done that to many businesses that are slightly less trendy. And we have been critical of, for example, Chermside Shopping Centre. Burger Time 69 to would be another utter, example. Utter, utter crickets. A number of RSLs have been the subject of light mm. mockery. Yeah. And, you know. None of them none of them did what some critics attract. are describing as have a sook. <laughs> <laughs> now. No, yeah. sorry. Serious statement. Serious statement. Serious statement. And in all seriousness. Uh, the, there was a gold medal at the Olympics for whinging. Now, that's not what we're saying. But we read out about this cafe and... <laughs> Joe may have followed up, as we yeah. also like to do, in promoting our product. <laughs> some would say in, akin to a small business. <laughs> we make some money off this program and we were promoting our small business. Mm. We put out into the world a meme, one was Seinfeld, and we, listeners will know, sometimes we just make broad points about cafes yep. that are applicable to Brisbane and fill in the gaps with the names of places we know. If you're mentioned on this podcast for that reason, it probably means you're doing a great job because mm. you're in the lexicon. You're in we, the, the public consciousness. We can't even mention the Barden cafes that's not going well and struggling because we've never heard of it. Never heard of them. Uh, If We're not the most culturally aware people. Like, if you're in the lexicon of the podcast, you're quite successful and you're well-known enough mm. where your fucking rabid fans apparently will leap to your defence. Now, <laughs> so this meme was posted. The meme was posted online and there was a comment from... Good Folk Cafe yeah. at Barton. And they said, the, the, the cafe in question. The cafe in question. And they said, Henry and Joe, we're not sure about this. Mm. It's all of our meals are priced between $6 and $18. Uh, it's very reasonably priced. Then they pulled out the C bomb. They whipped out the C word. Yeah. It's been hard throughout COVID for a small business to operate. We'll try to do better in the future. Now, Joe and I see this and immediately feel terrible. Yeah, it's not the goal of the podcast. We never want to make anyone feel bad, never no. want to hurt anyone, and never no. want, especially for a business, to feel like they're being affected by the words we have on here. And that we mean that earnestly. Yeah. So we, I mean, I, I would I would rather a business feel affected than an individual. Now, I don't know what you mean by especially Joe, a business. <laughs> now, Joe and I did point out that <laughs> COVID is not a pandemic that by the biological composition of the virus single-handedly affected businesses. I feel like it affects a lot of people a lot of different ways. Some would say the gig economy uh, <laughs> and other artistic pursuits that, have been affected. Some would say that, you know, there's a number of dead Uber Eats drivers in Sydney and yep. 
probably a little bit tougher than some would say. Very successful cafe. And again, this, some is, would this, say and this is a press say. conference. None of this is. We're not attributing this to anything. We're no, saying. No, no. Uh, I'm we, not. It's not my opinion. No. And our lawyers are standing by, obviously, here yeah. at all times. Now, they're not admitted because it's Jack. No, luckily. Uh, uh, he's done about eight weeks of PLT and says he's confident. Tried to get an admitted lawyer to come here tonight. And Joe's dad told us to stop being ridiculous and <laughs> own up to what you've done. So we take down the original men. You can go to our Instagram and see this. We post an apology to good folk. We encourage everyone yep. to go get a coffee there and support them because it has been a tough time for all businesses. Um, and then we personally message Good Folk Cafe and say, hey, guys, truly sorry about that. Was meant in jest. If you're being used, it means you're one of the more iconic locations yep. in a suburb because your name came to our heads. Yeah, And we've, we've published a retraction encouraging people to go get a coffee there. Like, Yeah, and we said, and we've taken the original meme down. Hope it's all good. It's very good of us. Love your work. <laughs> They have not responded to that message. It's no. now been two days. So that's okay. You don't have to respond to everything, but it's just notable yeah. information. You know, just they were they were pretty quick to respond to an Instagram post that was critical of their prices. They clearly have an Instagram uh, account. But not no real pace on an apology, uh, which is fine. Now, something else happened later <laughs> in the day. We get followed by someone we won't name, but uh, an account follows us that I check we have no mutual followers with. No. They start commenting on the apology post, mind you. Now, now they follow us and start commenting within a minute of each other. Yeah, yeah. So, so this isn't, you know, someone who's been aware of Unpacking Brisbane for a little while and wants to speak up. We're not saying who, you know, where these comments might have originated, but they were a little bit, you know, a little bit how you going, a little bit circumspect. So one minute between following and commenting along the lines of in three separate comments, I believe. Yeah. I hope you don't do this to other businesses. Yeah. How could you attack a business like this? I think it was, how dare you? Was it was a bit of, yeah. How dare you do this to small businesses during COVID? Now, Joe and I, <laughs> like the true purveyors of free speech we are, <laughs> deleted those comments. Yeah, I, uh, I was like, <laughs> oh, I, don't, I don't like this being up. I don't like reading them. So I deleted them. Because we thought it was bringing more pain to the original yeah, business. I, uh, <laughs> it, it all got a bit messy and I was like, ooh. Now- I have no idea who this person is. No. Like their Instagram handle wasn't even a human name. I'm not saying it's a robot because they were very human uh, comments. I would not be stunned if it was an employee of the cafe. Now we're maybe someone very closely. These are accusations. This is obviously an ongoing matter. The matter is still I, afoot. We can't comment. We don't want to say that. <laughs> good folk have a plant out there. That's no. not what we're saying. <laughs> I'm sure they have many lovely plants. It's a trendy cafe. A very trendy cafe. This is a different kind of plant. Mm. But and I think we should briefly turn our our podcast lens mm. to the question that originally got us into a bit of strife and a bit of controversy. Is good folk expensive? Now I've got the menu open here. And I have to say, uh, it is, yeah. It's pretty standard pricing. Now we had another person write in following this saga unfolding online, and they said, I did go there the other day, I got two small coffees and a croissant, and it cost me seventeen dollars. And we said, Wow. Is there the def- is not, to this defamation out, case? Do out, we suddenly have a defense of truth? Yeah, a full defense. I'll say this: it's not cheap. Can I say this as it's well? It's by no means a cheap cafe. The subject of the meme that was posted was an almond croissant. Yeah, you said in I believe the Simpsons meme, not the Seinfeld one, yeah. almond croissant. Now looking at the rest of the menu. I can't see the almond croissant. Which no, makes me um, think- I went. I went to Good Folk actually on Monday before this all blew up. Um, they have cabinet food. So like the almond croissant Jeez, and the croissant. And, and I think the cabinet food is unreasonably expensive for what is essentially a baked good. Let's have a look at the rest of it. So they've got... Unfortunately, they do have one insanely cheap menu item, which is the poached eggs on toast, which I believe is $9. Yeah, that's what I'm looking like at. That, that is as good a value as you're getting at Simple any Simple toast, $6. Now they've got, a, they've got French toast, which is $18. Oh, but there's a, a lot... Steep. Well, there's a lot to it. Uh, salted caramel drizzle. There's butter yeah, but fried it's one sourdough. of those things when the menu just makes it sound so much. Did you just like get a creative writing student from QUT yeah, to write yeah. your menu and suddenly like you could call a bacon and eggs like hickory smoked applewood, like thin pork belly strips mm. cured over you know fourteen days, and I've just described yeah. what bacon is. Like, is it can, one well, of those menus? Can I go to extras? Yeah, bacon as an extra, five dollars. Pretty standard nowadays amongst trendy cafes. Should be four. Should be four, but standard. But here's the thing. Halloumi's $4. Pretty uh, bloody reasonable. 
Um, <sighs> do you know what? Do you know what's a groundbreaking one for me? What a milkshake. Don't tell me it's six bucks or something. Well, it's eight bucks, which I think isn't a cheap milkshake. But again, for it's trendy outlandish. inner city cafe, I don't think mm. that's outlandish anymore. It does seem like they are. I'll say this: it is not cheap by any stretch. And we don't know they haven't edited this. And uh, <laughs> following, you know, we don't know if we we might have a decoy menu <laughs> here, folks. I would just note, the original meme, which has since been deleted, is Jerry saying, why don't you go to good folk? And Kramer says, I don't have a million dollars. <laughs> and Joe, can I point it's, out, it's I, I think if you got everything on this menu, it would still not add up to one not million. Close to so, so we were wrong. Making, saying- you, making you wonder whether some hyperbole was in play. <laughs> all right? So before you... Yeah, I mean... And also, we didn't even say it. As the meme made clear, it was Jerry and Kramer. <laughs> it wasn't us. It was a caption yeah. under their faces. All, all, all I'll say, and and it's not even us saying it. Is, some, <laughs> some, some, say, say, some would say. Some would say. Some would say. Unfortunately, this is me because I went there on Monday. Mm. All I'll say is for a poor me, we're struggling cafe, yeah. and I don't know about the financials. Um. The line was out the door and yeah. you couldn't get a table for an hour. And good on you. Good on them. As it should be. You're doing and a great job. And they have massive fans. It's possibly one of the most successful cafes I've been to over the last few months. Kettle and Tin doesn't have that many people for their spaghetti dumpling milkshake Saturday mornings. And as, and as you pointed out, mate, we've knocked many RSLs on this yeah. club. We've knocked a lot of smaller areas and dare I say where the median income might be a little lower. We have mocked a number of areas that predominantly cater to a working class po- you know, population. Oh, well, they want to use a C word, we'll use a C word. Class. Class. <laughs> and Come the real pan- COVID pandemic. I'll say talking about class 19. <laughs> you can't get a vaccine. Class. For class 21. Get, yeah. Can't get yeah. a vaccine for the minimum wage not being high enough. Too right. Can't get a vaccine for the Liberal government trying to take away penalty and, rates. And I'll say this. I didn't see any fucking battlers no. at good folk. And I'll say this, mate. You know who the real good folk are? Unions. 100%. That's all I'm saying. So, so if you want to cast aspersions on us- I don't us, care if you're a small business or a big business. If you want to say that I'm back in Brisbane, hates small business, then I will pick up that accusation. I'll wear it as a badge of honour. Solidarity forever. Solidarity I mean, I mean, forever. And I will take my hammer and tongs, which I think is also should be the name of a breakfast cafe we're going to start. Oh, that's a great name. Where there's no staff. Because yeah. we were, we're all working. Well, no, that's like what a co-op is in essence. Hell yeah. Um. All. all yeah. All I'll say is. And 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 some would say. Some would say. Well, some would say. My final note on this. Yeah. You know, and Good Folk is a great cafe. I love the work they do. Um, Sylvia just moved into Barden, so I suspect I will actually be going there a lot more. I hope I'm not poisoned. <laughs> they recognise me. <laughs> All I'll say is, um, as I said to my mum when she called me to chat about something else, I was like, oh, what was that thing on your Instagram? Uh, I said then, and I somewhat stand by it, small businesses are the biggest sooks in Australia. It's There it is. <laughs> just uh, And Anthony Albanese will agree with us yeah. on that. The deification of the business is great because a lot of them do great work and contribute yep. to the economy. But let's not forget about the worker and, and, let's the, humble, forget, and, the, and the humble podcaster. Let's not forget that they're there to make a profit. Yep. And if they're making a profit through an $11 ramen croissant, they're more than welcome to. They're not a charity. And hey, they don't need to be. Some would say. Some would say. <laughs> now, and as Hamish said, it is so funny that you guys got through the Sunnybank episode <laughs> yeah. relatively unscathed. Full episode and on get, race. And then get cancelled on Barden because of an almond croissant. Anyway, talking of businesses and yeah. ventures that don't necessarily have to be charitable to have virtue, the mangroves. Yeah, the the only real small business. <laughs> and that's... And we're... we're you know, you know we when pay you, Nelson heaps. Yeah, you know when you go home with a girl after a night out? Uh, you pull down your trousers and she goes, oh, I didn't know you were offering a small business package. Oh, that's oh, oh. It is. It's very, very Solidarity funny. for <laughs> small dicks. Solid. Go with me, gentlemen, with me. If you're in the car, start singing. No, uh, yeah, the Mangroves Henry, we just came off tour. Um, Great and that's tour. also why I think our, our, our working class lefty spidey sense is tingling. Yeah. Because, you know, we were out at Tambourine, Ipswich, North Lakes. We weren't out at... 
bastions of we were battling inner city. We played trendy cafedom. This is true. So we did tambourine on the Friday yeah. night. We played. Where dirt. can I say? Speaking of expensive, I'm not sure you saw. Do you know how much a large takeaway coffee was? No, it was eight dollars. <laughs> Okay, that, that let's not get cancelled by the Bearded Dragon because yeah. they were great. Oh, the Bearded Dragon, um, if you're ever in or around Tambourine, go stay there, get a beer there. They are the kindest people and it's one of the best pubs I've ever been to. It's an up. I love the Bearded Dragon. Now, it Their was beers a, are really cheap. It is. Now, it was a very wet night. Yeah. So they didn't pull in heaps of people for the first night of their pandemic, uh, but we, we pulled people in and there was about four people there. But at <laughs> first... There was like a table of 15. Mm. They were all older and there were some kids running around. But we're like, oh, this is going to be a lot of fun. And and we thought we were even like a little bit humbled, but like, you know, oh, yeah, it's not lefties, but we're about to pay for these 15 people. Let's give these 15 people the show of their lives. And then I, thinking I would give them a little entree (laughs) of the night they were about to receive, walk over to this group of five and in sort of a demonic moment where I was a bit possessed, (laughs) was just like... Are you ready to rock? <laughs> they He's all... underplayed it there. It was it was scarier than that. I looked like a fucking demon from Tenacious D. You did like a half squat, like flung your Are arms you out as wide as you could. Uh, these terrifying. people promptly get up and leave. <laughs> so I have to apologise to the mangroves. I kind of cost us most of, yeah. if not all of our audience on that first show. But we had a good time. We played to four had people. Had a great time. Uh, we then we got on the Divas afterwards. Got on the Divas, which Divas, is... Divas are this... Coopers is trying to break into the premix market um, with limited success. Divas are basically just very strong cruisers, but they feel like petrol. 2.1 standards. 2.1 standards. Dangerous. So we, Dangerous when you're staying we were on in Divas. demountable workers' accommodation <laughs> in the car park of a... Pub where there are alpacas nearby. Yeah, we we saw alpacas. Bit of dragon is so much fun and a very mean goat. Um, But we then went to Ipswich the next night, which was lovely at Banshee's Bar, and then the final night of the tour was uh, an awesome little brewery at North Lakes called Thirsty Chiefs. If if you're ever out that way, go. It's got a massive projector playing the footy. Good live music and one of the best. And they are not mutually exclusive, it. by the way. The the live yeah. music does not mean that footy gets turned off on the, the projector. The they venue manager came up to me before our show and said, "Joe, um, do you want us to turn the projector off, or do you want us to play the highlights of uh, the Broncos playing the Titans on Friday?" And I was like, "Obviously, the fucking highlights. Obviously, unreal." Um, and they also have literally one of the best beers I've ever had in my life. Yeah, it's called the Mango Hill Pale Ale. It's phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, the tour was great. Uh, that was the first leg done, and we're going to finish the world tour at Westroom. There are, I believe, twenty tickets available. Yeah, it's um, it's ninety one percent sold. Yeah. so we'll just we'll just say get onto that quickly. Get on that really quickly because also the, those last few go just like that. And Zip. if you if you have nineteen mates, yeah, get tickets for the lot. Um, now, finally, Henry, you have a Scooby update. Yeah, we mentioned it on the season premiere last week. Michael Gambaro, friend of the show, Kenan Pakistani, yep. he posted a status saying next year is the 20th anniversary of Scooby-Doo being filmed at Tangaluma. If you don't know why that movie means a lot to us, it was filmed in Brisbane. Go back and listen to the episode we did on it. And I got in contact with Mike and I said, hey, mate, we're talking about this on the podcast. I didn't realise you got in contact with Yeah, I got in contact with him right. and said, hey, mate, we think, with the power that comes with being a media estate where the uh, success and prosperity of local cafes lives and dies on your words. Apparently. We we do have some influence. So I said- one meme. Yeah. So I said, mate, we'd love to partner up with you on this endeavour. And he said, fuck yeah. Couldn't be more keen. I'm dead serious about it. So- more updates to come. I'll save it for next episode because I have been doing a little bit of journalism and digging around. Mm. Have a couple of leads. And I won't give too much more away, but- not well done, unlike Henry. Mystery Inc. themselves, yeah. I've been looking for clues. So hey. Mike and and we'll be working together on this. We've got a bit of time. We've got a, a year. So we can really chip away at Tangaluma. But we are going to get a 20th anniversary event for the Scooby-Doo film at Tangaluma. Sounds like you've done more work than any of us have ever done on this podcast. I've, I've really been <laughs> looking into this. So I will listen... We'll, we'll get onto it next time because we've spent a long time in housekeeping. We should get into Clayfield. Yeah. Uh, but more Ruby Dooby Doo updates to come. And if you know anything about that film and the Tangaloom area, do get in touch because we could use all the help we could get. Let's go. Wikipedia. 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 Population. Yeah. 
Did I just wanted to get in quick? It's a real power move yeah, to beat me on that. Well, I just, I just, I wanted- wasn't ready for that at all. I thought like a someone else had walked into the room and said population. Population. All right, guess six thousand five hundred. Wow, at what is it? So off. Yeah. The suburb is huge. It's ten and a half thousand. Then why is there so little to say about it? Why do we just have to talk about a cafe for that, fucking that's, 15 minutes to take up half the episode? Because I've got nothing else on this place. That's fucked up. That is fucked up. Hang on, I'm just going to quickly compare that with like, oh, Ascot. I guess it's a field. They say it in the title, Clayfield. Clayfield, yeah. But it where, is clay. where are all these people? What the fuck? Ascot is 5,700 yeah, 5, in Ascot and allegedly there's 10,000 in Clayfield. I don't know that many. I don't know. I don't know if that checks Clayfieldian. out. That's 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 weird. Do you think you play better on clay field or grass field? <laughs> well, I'm actually a uh, hard court field player. Ah, um, weird. Ash Barty's doing well in clay field. <laughs> um, but speaking of, not much to say, Henry. Yeah. The people, the great folk at Wikipedia also have absolutely fuck all to say. This is one of the lightest Wikipedia pages I've ever seen. And to be fair to the good people at Wikipedia, they have a lo- they've got to cover everything in the world. So I think they've got to start yeah. with three or four and. I think, you know what I heard? The day that they had scheduled to write the Clayfield one, they also had to write the entry on um, on plane. Planes, uh, yep. Which, as you can imagine, planes... Fairly detailed. Fair bit to say. So oh, I think that's I heard how two of us take planes, we'll get the intern to take Clayfield, and I think the intern was inexperienced. So, and then I think the next day they had to write like I heard something they, on... I heard they, they had to write Goebbels the next day. Yeah, that Goebbels. Pretty hefty. I think the next day it was Volcanoes. Which, yeah. Which you wouldn't think is heaps, but you get well, into Pompeii, you get into... Well, you know what was also the project for that quarter? Mm. Fish. Patch of fish. Patch of fish. Not, not specific species, but just I'm overwhelmingly. Just, I'm actually just going to the Wikipedia for fish. I imagine it's... I'm just going to see how... Phenomenally I'm just get a detailed. Get okay. a gist. It's... um. Oh, yeah. It's fucking huge. <laughs> <laughs> As you can imagine. There's, hang on. I want to see how many sub bits there are. It goes to like 14. External oh, wow. links wow. is 14. Further reading. There's still like so a, per- there's still a personal life in there. Bro, there are so, many, fo- there are so many footnotes. Criticisms. Reproductive system. If I go on someone's Wikipedia, my instinct is to go to criticisms. I'm sorry, I've just or found, controversy. Just found the subheading in the fish Wikipedia called yeah. emotion. <laughs> in 2019, scientists have shown that members of the monogamous species Emetalania sequia exhibit pessimistic Do you mean behavior. Monogamous? Oh yeah, monogamous. <laughs> I was trying to read it like a fish. <laughs> oh, members of the monogamous species Emetalia yeah. sequila exhibit pessimistic behaviour when they are prevented from being with their partner. Oh, oh that's so sad. Fish need companionship. Oh, do fish have feeling? Oh. Well, do fish fuck? We've never asked I don't, that. I don't want to anyway, go Anyway, enough about that. fish. Clayfield. Uh, Clayfield, yeah. What um, else? Uh, demographics. Yep. Uh, 81.9% of people spoke only English at home. The yep. next most popular languages were 1% Italian. Oh. I just found it interesting that uh, Italians is the next biggest population I don't think of it as an Italian area. Like, I'm trying to think, is there an Italian no. restaurant? I don't know. Also, because it's 1%, it that eat. means there are... This is this is also... This isn't um, speak it as a second language. This is speak it as the only language. Oh, as their primary language. This means there is 100... There are 100 people in Clayfield who only speak Italian. Okay, so there's a marinara in okay. Clayfield. Great Italian. There's one called Viala Canova, Italian okay. restaurant. So there's, there's one called Dolce Sapori. So there's, so there's net, three. Which I think is, it says that's a wholesaler. They have beautiful, oh, this is more like an Italian bakery. Oh, wow. Beautiful Italian pastries. Sounds delicious. I'd love to go. And then at Viala Canova, it says, one of the reviews on Google is, good sense of humor too, as my Italian is very bad. So clearly this racist has walked in trying to whip out a bit of, <laughs> hey, bunny, bunny, hey, uh, papacino, cabanara. You know you come to my daughter's wedding day with this salami. You know you come to my Italian bakery. Being part of the 81.9% who only speak English. I'm part of the 1% who only speak Italian. This is how the 1% lives. Mm. We have great sauce. That's what, yeah. Mm. Uh, 1% Mandarin, which we won't do a voice for. 0%, 0.7% Punjabi, 0.7% Korean, and 0.7% Hindi. So I don't, I don't, I can't compare it with other demographics, but that seems slightly more multicultural than I would have expected from Clayfield. It's not that they're large. We are also no- well, dealing large with one percent. Yeah, true. Yeah, we're down there. It's like it's a very white suburb. That's true. But I think um, that remaining that small slice of diversity is diverse within that slice. Yeah, so, so you chop up a diversity. I think pie that's and what I'm trying to get at here. Is like I know for the next five languages, 
I was like, oh, Italian, Punjabi, Korean. Like yeah. that's a little like, oh, I wouldn't. If you picture the pie and yeah. you cut it up, there's white and then not white. The not white slice is very small. But if you chop that up, you can still chop it up into yeah. lots of small. When the moon hits your eye like a big <laughs> diversity pie, that's, that's more, an right? Italian bakery. Um, another really interesting thing I found, uh, one of the few things about Clayfield, it's got a bit of the old Rosalie Ithaca Jubilee stuff going on. We, which, live, for, uh, we which, live for this shit. Which we love. We it's that sort of the opposite of trams for us. Yeah. If I say something about trams in a Wikipedia, I just get bored shitless because we've said all that can be said about Brisbane it's used to having trams. It's covered. The early episodes of the show are dominated by us trying to make trams funny. Um, but we'll so. Though I did see that funny thing on Twitter about Melbourne announcing their yeah, next yeah, generation the trackless of trams. trams yeah. Trackless with yeah. wheels and rubber and they're not on tracks. And it's, uh, it's a bus. A bus. Yeah. Twitter were onto that. Yeah, they were really good about it. Um, so Clayfield also encompasses the locality of Eagle Junction. So this is a bit of a Rosalie situation. Eagle Junction was once an independent suburb, but now it's in Clayfield. Um, hence, you know, the train station, the main train station in Clayfield. There is a Clayfield station, but Eagle Junction is a pretty massive gateway to the northern suburbs. Um, start on Eagle Junction and then... And interestingly... If you start, if you start Eagle Junctioning in year eight, by year 12, you'll be looking at more dangerous... Class A suburbs. Like, you know, <laughs> it's, a ga- it's a gateway suburb. Quite right. I mean, you know, the gateway bridge. Motor, and then yeah. you, I was doing weed at Murray, and then by the time I was on the north side, I was doing cocaine. Yeah, by, you know, man, by the time by the time you're riding the Bruce Highway, you're uh, you forget who your family is. You sell anything for the yeah. next hit. You're just living on a mattress. I caught on this gateway motorway. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, do you know how Eagle Junction, the locality, uh, gets its name? I don't, but tell me now and later. Uh, from the train station, oh. which seems very circular. Fuck. But it was originally named Eagle Farm Junction because it was the station that then goes to Eagle Farm, which mm-hmm. is the suburb that's basically just the airport, isn't it? And the racetrack. Oh, right, yeah. Mm. don't know if there's anyone who actually lives dogs, in Eagle Farm. I thought the dogs were out there. Yeah. Is that an Albion? No, Eagle, the dogs Eagle Farm Racecourse is a thing. Yeah. Do they, do they farm eagles there? But I don't think it's at what is now Eagle Farm because people's houses in Ascot like back onto it. Sure. Anyway, not that relevant. Um, but I did want to mention it because Wilston State School, where I went to primary school, of course. had a really weird rivalry with Eagle Junction State School. I like how primary... We, you, as I mentioned in the yeah, camp, you have one, St. Right? Thomas's was with Mount Carmel. Yeah. I think primary schools... You know what I reckon it is? Just a few people who did teaching at uni together and then one of them gets a job at that one and the other. Like one got one at Wilston and the other one got one at Eagle Farm and they're just like, fuck, do you want to just like still hang out at work? Let's just make a hockey rivalry up. Yeah, literally. Let's spur a rivalry. Well, the Wilston ones were weird because we didn't ever play these schools in sport. Oh, so it was just a rivalry that yeah. never had a chance so to settle. Fully one side, like not one side. It was like beef, actually. where it was like, oh, we got beef, bro, but let's never address it in any organised yeah, way. Or like, oh, we live in different cities and are never going to run into each other. But the only reason I remember it is because we had rivalries with a number of schools mm. um, that we never ever saw on like the sporting field, but we always had very inventive nicknames for them. So Eagle Junction was Evil Junkyard. <laughs> And whenever the <laughs> rare moment you'd see <laughs> <laughs> evil junk, the rare so, moment oh, you'd Tim, <laughs> what, Tim, what's wrong, mate? You've hardly touched your beans and toast. Someone just on the bus today, a kid from another school. <laughs> what do they call you, son? What do they call you? They called me an evil junkyard. Oh, no, they didn't. Who's far? I'm going to talk to this kid's father. No one calls my boy an evil junkyard. My son is a moral dump at best. <laughs> um, there was also St. Columbus, which was a private Catholic school near us that um, yeah, yeah. we never faced anything either, and we called them St. Columbums. That's fun. Well, Very I, clever. This one is well known, but because I was in the Belimba area, uh, we, we had yeah, St. Peter and Paul's was a very easy St. Penis and Balls. <laughs> <laughs> that was the that was kind of the That's that was so, the east side one. That is so funny. But I think even when I was at St. Thomas's, we had because our rivalry was with Mount Carmel. I think we just called them Mount Camel. And that was That's enough. Because when you're that young, you're like, I'm not a fucking animal. You, can you guess what the rude nickname that Evil Junkyard and St. Columbums gave Wilston? Like Willie? Yeah, it was the Wilston Willie. Yeah, the Wilson So Willie, yeah. you'd very occasionally hear conversations where like a year six would be like, Evil Junkyard and someone would be like Shut up, Wilston Willie! I love the idea of you just being like, Eagle, evil junkyard! It's like, oh, shut up, you cunt! <laughs> you too. Oh, shut your fucking cunt! Oh, shut you fucking idiot! 
Oh, if you've come here to listen from 4BC or ABC, we apologise <laughs> profusely. Um, but another interesting thing um, is that there's actually a reverse Rosalie with a suburb called Kalinga. Now, Kalinga was once a locality of both Clayfield and Mulliband, like Eagle Junction was. Um, and for years, it had the exact same status. It was like this weird little locality in Clayfield. Um, but the residents in 2015 actually applied to have it gazetted as a suburb in its own right and succeeded. Wow. Which makes me wonder whether it's possible for people looking to turn the tide back in Rainworth, in Ithaca, in Jubilee. St. John's Wood. Can you just, you know, petition local government enough and they'll make it a suburb? Also, at some in, point, they're just the government are going to be like, we don't care about this as much. Yeah, as literally, you like, it's the okay. Shawshank approach of okay. just keep writing letters. And and I think it works in suburbs that are big geographically. I think Barden is ripe to be chopped up into smaller suburbs. I could see that. Um, but it also got me thinking: if we like campaigned hard enough, could we just make like whatever house we live in its, its own, own suburb? Uh, yes, it's mine. Just answer. literally call it like. How small does a suburb have to be? Because yeah, what's that one we did? Hurston. Tiny. Very tiny. Petrie Terrace is tiny geographically. It's named after a street. Oh, it's very small. Well, we could look into that about how do you... I mean, but do we want our own suburb? Does that mean we have to do the upkeep? Uh, a lot of pressure. I imagine, yeah. Also, also to be a bit of a weird conflict of interest doing a, unpacking our own suburb, yeah. particularly if it was called like Henry and Joe Astan. Yeah, we'd have to get... I don't know why it would be an Istan yeah. suffix for That's a suburb, but fine. We, worth keeping in mind. We, I think it would be worth keeping that in mind. And if we do get a suburb, we'd have to get guest hosts in. Uh, should, sure. we, should we talk? Should we talk contemporary? Let's get contemporary. Let's uh, dip our toes into the Clayfield River. Well, it's a city on a river, and don't you ever forget it, kid. Wonder if anyone can hear that horrible truck breaking outside. We had a drunk driver. I wasn't actually home. Oh, run into a light yeah. pole outside the Caxton Street Studios the other day, and the whole pole was torn from the ground. I am um, collapsed. Henry, Henry wasn't here. No. I. Hence, um, why, hence why I'm the one who told the story just then. Yeah. Um, I was like, I've got this. It's literally as scared as I've ever been in my life. Because I, I was just lying in bed um, with Sylvia and I thought a car had come off the road and had crashed into our front yard. It was the loudest sound I've ever heard. Uh. And then, because you can just hear acceleration, a screech, a smash, the house shook. And then there was another massive bang. The second bang was the full light pole smashing into this guy's car. Um, and then I saw the dude get out of the car. He was like clearly really dazed. Miracle he wasn't more injured. And then the paramedics show up and they go, who was driving? And he goes, oh, I don't know. Oh, seriously? And they're like, was it you? And he was like, oh, where is that driver? <laughs> and he, he was trying to be so the Tim, so, Ro- the yeah, Tim the Robinson, Robinson sketch. Like, oh, who did this? And he was like, really, like the only concussed person there. Um, like these people were at the skate park and heard it clear as day and ran up. Like it was a huge crash. Um, but they just started trying to like walk away. And they're like, sir, where are you going? Like, and he's right, like, oh, I got to get back to the skate park. Oh, was, oh. And st- was like, he trying to like pull off that he was a bystander, that yeah, he just saw it happen. 100%. Eventually, I think the paramedics got him back and like looked after him and then the police would have arrived because his passenger, I think he had a passenger who got out and said, yeah, he's really drunk. So like tough drunk driving thing. But I found the hustle because we were on our front deck. I love the idea. <laughs> found the hustle hilarious of him just being like, who drove that what? car? I don't know. Like, <laughs> like literally, oh, I think he was just ready to walk away and just leave it there, cut tires at the car. And as we said, we were like, well, I wish... In some respects, I mean, I'm very happy that Joe and Sylvia are yeah. alive. But God, if the pole could have just hit certain bits of our front deck that have been not completely maintained. Oh, mate. And we just... There when, would be no as, challenge. As, you know, we're moving out yeah. so very soon. So it would have been like, oh, damn, the, we would love to pay the bond, but it was all the light pole. <laughs> there would be no challenge to getting our bond back if uh, yeah. we were. Anyway. Uh, um, so, contemporary Clayfield. There, there's a big question uh, we want to answer here, Henry. I don't think it's a long answer, but... Ascot, Clayfield, Hamilton. Yeah. Trio, inner north side, very wealthy suburbs. Mm-hmm. What differentiates them? Because this has been my pain with Clayfield is I'm like, how is it different to Ascot? Well, I think Ascot just has the moniker. It just gets yeah. to be the rich suburb. It just gets the reputation. And it's, it is hard when you're so close, not just geographically, but in tone and in culture to a suburb like an Ascot or a Hamilton, which really is famous. 
really is a famous suburb. That's got has particularly. A, yeah, it, it is just, oh, it is. Whether they are cliches or not. Ascot mums, big mansions, cocaine swingers. Like, there is a lot to say. <laughs> and a lot of people wrote in and said those sorts of things when they were submitting their feedback about this suburb, to which we said, we feel like we've covered that ad nauseum on yeah. Ascot or Hamilton. And, and I think that's sort of why we were so surprised to see such a hearty population and yeah. that it's such a big suburb because it really doesn't have an identity in the same way that its direct neighbours do. I find that very interesting. For sure. I mean, it doesn't surprise me as well. Hamilton is heads and shoulders actually the most expensive. Yeah, because they, they're on the river. I, I understand how Hamilton's Hamilton got the might, view. and It has the view. It's got Ch- Sir Charles Kingsford Smith Drive, blah, blah, blah. But Ascot and Clayford, I think you're right. I think it's just name. I'm just trying to check now. I suspect Ascot is a slightly more expensive suburb. Oh, absolutely. Well, Clayfield, you drive it around it and it's still absolutely gorgeous. And oh, I it's think stunning. It's just tennis courts as far as the eye can see. Is, am I wrong there? Do I th- I feel no, like... I think you're right. The, there, are, there are just a the lot of The proportion of houses with tennis courts seems very high. Oh, 100%. I think a lot of the whopping... See, interestingly, Clayfield doesn't register in the top 10 most expensive suburbs in Brisbane. That surprises me. The houses are all very... Uh, Ascot at the looking. median price is $1.28 million. Oh, so still expensive. At number six. Oh, that's Ascot, sorry. That's Ascot. And then like, number 10 is St. Lucia at $1,070,000. Interesting. Yeah. You know what that tells me, actually? Um, bit of detective work here. Excellent. Population of Clayfield also a lot bigger. There must be units in Clayfield that I'm not seeing. That bring the median. Because units would both bring the population up dramatically. And the median price. And the median price down. That's a good point. So I wonder whether, like, maybe houses in Ascot and Clayfield are the same price. Mm. It's just that it's possible to get, you know, a cheaper unit in Clayfield. That I, that I like as a theory. Which I like as a theory. That I yeah, I, I don't think there's any major difference. And to be honest, I'd probably prefer Clayfield because you don't, have quite the name of like, oh, fucking course you live in so-and-so. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Now, I say this given we're looking at a housing market where you and I will be lucky to live in like yeah. Acacia Ridge. Yeah. As I would be today. Because every suburb is beautiful. Yeah. And I don't want the Acacia Ridge fucking tourism board yeah. being like, not too sure about this, Henry <laughs> and Joe. Here's one for you. You were fucking sure. Yeah. You made the comment. You were very sure. <laughs> schools. Schools are a big Say so probably the biggest contemporary part let's, of Clayfield. Let's talk schools. So Three big girls' private schools. Readers, Clayfield College, St. Margaret's, Maggie's, yep. the Maggots. Now, I think they all have very, very distinct personalities as schools. Agree. And I would say, let's start with Readers. Readers was always, I think Readers was the first dance I ever went to. But they didn't hold it at Readers. I think the St. Readers dance was hosted at Aviation High, which we've discussed on this podcast before. Yeah. Plain school. Plain school. So they hired Top out gun. basically the aircraft hangar that yeah. these kids call a school. And they were like, I don't know whether it was a liability thing or Readers didn't have the space. Yeah. But they were like, fuck it, let's just hold it at that random fucking plain school. See, I, I feel like Readers had... Like a weirdly very good social scene with that. Like, a, oh, that, and, they and were known I'm, for a loose dance. That's I'm why wondering we all went. whether I'm remembering. Yeah, the Rita's was the loose dance of year eight and nine. Have I told you what I did for that dance? No, because it was a big thing. To Probably like, something fucked. Get it? Yeah, it's, it's really fucked. I'm not sure I want to share it. No, I do. Because <laughs> now, if I don't, people are going to assume a lot worse. Basically, yeah, people will assume really bad. Yeah, no, share. I got it, a share. well. People were getting white t-shirts and cutting up. Yeah, like glow sticks and pouring the ink on it so yeah. that you'd have the fluid on yeah, you. Yeah, and when the strobe lights flash it off, you'd look like a yeah, glow stick. I love it was that. fucking sick. Uh, and I like went in and we were like getting highlighters as well, not just glow sticks, like riding on the shirts yeah. and highlighter. Do you remember future problem solving at school? Yeah, yeah FPS. I did F- it for five years. Yeah, FPS. And it was a huge thing at Terrace. And I was like, and I didn't do it. It was like probably the one nerd activity I didn't do. Did so, you like, not do it? I think I went to a few. I like, would have bet like $1,000 you did it. No, I was just like, uh, what what future problems are year eight's going to solve? Yeah. Global warming. It was always like, we've hypothetically invented a tattoo that yeah. can cure your... They're even like smaller scale than global warming. Oh, FPS so problems were literally like, a robot has learned how to make chips. As they, as you did, did they get... Because whenever I went to like, just the ones at lunchtime run yeah. by the FPS department, it was always like those sort of things of, 
if you can invent a robot to do your homework, would that be the right thing yeah. to do? Did as you progressed to the finals, was the final of future problem solving like well, we went to Israel the, Palestine. We went to the national final in Perth. Yeah. Well, no, but that's not really a future Perth, problem. Perth, Perth, like so. Um, COVID. Mining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, COVID. <laughs> we get that as a future There's problem. There's hypothetical disease that cancels <laughs> the rugby for a bit. <laughs> You're um, Peter Volandis, who we imagine by that point is going to be in charge. How do you solve <laughs> magic round? How do you solve rugby league? Um, no, they didn't ever get that much harder. I yeah, think it was okay. literally like, you know, someone's invented X technology, should it be used? I always like the idea that the future problem solving funnel was always like, we've got your family hostage. <laughs> <laughs> we've got Stuart McGill hostage. They, it's, it's like <laughs> we've the, got uh, a test cricketer uh, hostage. What are we going to fucking like do? It's like a tri wizard tournament type thing. Like once you get to the finals, people die in this tournament. But yeah, anyway, wrote. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say quickly, we went, I think, in year 10 to the FPS final in Perth, um, maybe late year nine. That was year 10. Um, I swear this is funny. And we got a unit and there were like four year 10 boys to a unit. Mm. And there was there was only one teacher on the trip with like 20 of us. Like it was pretty oh, self-managed. Wow. That's, a, that's <laughs> two a fucking future problem. Two of boys at age 15 just decided <laughs> to try and hit the clubs in Perth. I literally left. I remember I was eating Fuck, like the future problem noodles. solvers are out. They're and like, was, Jesus, guys, we just f- sorted out that robot in the, yeah, wo- yeah. in the year 2048. Let's see if we can get in. This, uh, this we feel guy, older than we are. This guy, we just operated in the future for two hours. It's <laughs> called Joe Hansen. I was like, do you have a fakie? He was like, no, nah, it's Perth, mate. <laughs> Did they get in? I was like, no. Came back. 45 minutes later being like, oh, that was really boring. Love the idea of them trying to argue with the bouncers being like, no, no, you see, because we solve problems in the future. <laughs> so in a way we it's are, not only are we 18, it's sort of like I'm I'm actually 75 <laughs> in co-curricular years. In solving future no, problems no, years. Long story short, I wrote FPS yeah. on my thing to be like, haha, future problem solving, what a nerd at yeah. this dance. But then under it, I wrote future pregnancy solvers. <laughs> Like in glow stick. I don't even know what that meant. Even now I'm like, I don't know what that means. Like, but everyone was like, oh, Henry's got that future problem solving, but it's pregnancy. Like, is that me implying I was going to- An abortion thing. And I don't know, like, yeah, it's just, it sounds like abortion. <laughs> it's a really weird thing. But I think at it the depends time- depends on what you think. At the time I was sol- just like, ah, oh, future. I mean, pre- like, I think it was like sex. I mean, if the solution to pregnancy is the baby being successfully born, you've just advertised like an obstetrics press. Practice. And as we all know, that my dad is an obstetrician, yeah. so maybe I was just trying to get some market again. <laughs> he, I was a roaming billboard for, for that. Road, like, gee, I, I want to see how this looks on a shirt. Hen. Dad's like, my just bookings have gone through the roof since <laughs> that Saint Rita's dance you went to, Henry. Did you like yeah. do some sort of guerrilla marketing campaign <laughs> that I don't know about, <laughs> Dad? Dad, yes, you're I bloody did. right, I did. Um, but yeah, I, I always found that readers had a really loose energy. I really like readers. I like readers at school. I, I like it a lot. You know, I went to the readers formal, which this oh, is a right. fun. So I think. It's not a formal. The school many Can years it? ago said, we're not going to hold the formal anymore. They're like, we're not doing a formal because something went wrong at one of them or like some oh, nun yeah. got offended or something. And so then the, the parents were like, that sucks. They don't get a formal. So they just hire out the Hilton Ballroom in the city every year. And it's, it's, it's the parent organized one. Parent organized. Yeah. It's called the barbecue. So oh, it's an incredibly, so, and it felt and looked- God, that is loose. It just felt like a real formal. It was just, and I went with someone I didn't particularly know that well. In fact, I met her at her house before uh, going to the priest. I would, I would say, dare I say, I'm unsurprised that there are parents out there who are just as qualified, if not better than teachers at organising a formal. Fucking oath, mate. And that, that sounds so, so crazy. Yeah, it was, but I just thought that was a very heartwarming thing that readers do. Clayfield, always a dark horse and random. My, my mate's- at school, became quite close with a group of Clayfield girls. Some of them are still our friends really? today. Obviously, you know, some of us have drifted apart. But we, yeah, we, and it was one of those ones where it was really random. It's just like one guy knew one girl from Clayfield and was like, she's having a party and everyone from each is going, and they were like, yeah, oh, great. It was a lot of fun. But I feel like Clayfield just slips under the radar. It does. I actually, I know a fair few people who went to Clayfield. There were a couple of people who I went to primary school with. Great people. Um, great people, but you're right, it's, it's a school that I have not thought about since I graduated. Just, and this it, sounds a bit it, tragic, but like I certainly have Rita's or Margaret's have crossed my mind since I graduated. Like yeah. not never at any great length, but mm. do you think it's because the name is just almost intentionally vague? Clayfield College. Clayfield College. He sees. Like, yeah, what yeah, their uniform was a bit muted. No, 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 no. It was, like, um, it was green stripes. Yeah. I right. think it was these muted green stripes. 
mutant green stripes. What I do remember I think about- it's these mutant green stripes. <laughs> I think they it's, actually, like- it's actually not entirely dissimilar to the shirt you're wearing now. Oh, well, this is a country road number. <laughs> yeah. This is a little t-shirt. Country it's way road. too tight on me. Yeah. I couldn't be bothered to take it back, so I just... No, you've, it- you've followed this... Um, you followed that showing off your muscles uh, mm. tip I saw on Insta, which is get a shirt which is cut to sit above your bicep. Yeah. It's exactly where your slip is. Yeah. So hands looking swole. Um, one thing I do remember about Clayfield College is that it was one of those weird schools that took boys until like year five. Oh, that is weird. And, and, <laughs> and then they're like, okay, bye boys. Yeah, literally they're like- We're done with you. We've raised you with the girls, but now you've come of <laughs> like sexual Tarzan, maturity. You will now leave. It's like when people are like, yeah, I was raised by wolves. He was like, I was raised by girls in year three. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I know that they probably just have like a junior primary school that is uh, mixed gender. But in my mind, it was always like one boy per year and he was yeah. just in a class of 25 girls. Like, I literally was like, look at this little Nancy boy going to <laughs> Clayfield College. I am the boy. It's like June where they're like, is this yeah. the boy? Is this the chosen one? I'm only like 100 pages in, but I'm, I'm grappling yeah, with Yeah, great June reference. Thanks, bro. For bit someone of, who's not that far into it. Bit of the spice. Bit of... Arrakis. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Clayfield is like Arrakis Paul in many ways. Paul Atreides. Yeah, yeah, well, that's what I, I think. I was thinking Paul Atreides yeah. was the boy of Clayfield. The chosen nice. son. Benny Gessert. Um, yeah, so anyone, true. shout out to the June fans uh, out there. <laughs> and then the final school is is St. Margaret's, Maggie's. Yeah. Um, these for the, the girls at Margaret's for most of my schooling life were like our primary female friendship group. Really? Yeah. Because you Toby, well, Toby's... Like best oh, family course. friends was Phoebe, yeah. who was my first girlfriend. One oh. week, baby, one week in the can. We dated for one it's week. A week. It's a week that Weeks. launched you to bigger and better things, mate. Well done. Yeah, like more important than a week. week. Like a month. Well, I, my, my cousin went to Margaret's. I had some family friends who boarded at Margaret's. So even when I was in That's primary That's right. They school, had a strong boarding. They had a big boarding culture. Um, and I think Margaret's was quite strict. Yes. Because that uniform on the scale of one to none, as in N-U-N, it, was, it, was Clo- like, it had a real sound of music vibe. Like, I feel yeah. like every girl at that school was super fun, but it was like a how do we solve a problem like Maria. Yeah, sort of. very true. That's how I imagine the staff meetings meant. is like, how do we solve very... a problem like all of them? Because <laughs> the girls were all super cool, but it had a really I strict like reputation. Went, th- those dresses went low as well. Oh, br- like tripping on them. Yeah. They were, sure. they were scraping Queen Street Mall but, uh, in the I city remember, on a Friday. I remember visiting the St. Margaret's boarding house literally when I would have been in oh, year why? four or five. Why were you there? Because I was a fucking sex machine. No. Uh, <laughs> in year four? Yeah. At age 10. Future, I was kicked out of Clayfield and I was wondering so I was a future pregnancy <laughs> solver. It was real. No, I'm, actually, I'm actually above the age of consent yeah. in the future. Sorry, I'm, I'm solving future, this like, problem. Hey, babe, you want to go to like a bar in Perth with me this weekend? <laughs> um, but no, because we had family friends who boarded there. And I just remember feeling like a whole family <laughs> like, <laughs> like a mum and dad were like we just never left we uh we love it here but yeah I just we're property owners it, it felt fun but like a like an english boarding school type like it they ha- lived in it- fear of like matron and shit i think didn't they say they were matron i think they called them i the think matrons. they called her matrons yeah i was about to say warden but i was like no that's not no that's so that's taking a little yeah, bit yeah i think margaret's had matrons yeah. yeah but they but i think the coiled spring theory of they tried to be too strict, yeah. and then the rebel rebelled, and they all rebelled against. But yeah, for me, readers, you know, you know, they were they were Catholic sisters of Terrace. We did a fair bit with them, and I don't know uh, if we did, but anyway, that's. I think they've three, all three. I got put it out there: three great schools, three great schools. Clayfield's proportion of great schools is insane. I yeah, and the first official gavo I went to, which is as my year nine diary boy defines, girl. is boy girl. First yep. official party, boy girl, and. That was, that was at Phoebe's house and that was like where I, and we've discussed the milk situation where I had a big crush on a girl named Armony and I got milk all over myself. Yeah, she was a Margaret's girl. Oh. And now I met her at that party and I asked for her number on my Nokia and I said, oh, a many thanks for your number. And she was like, it's actually Armony. But, I, but I, that was like, you know, your first money, dip, in, money, money. dip in the toe in flirtation comedy, with yeah. St. Margaret's with, uh, with with those sort of parties. But Love a lot of fun. So a lot of fun. You, Young yeah. romance. It was, it was, it was a romantic so suburb, it was a suburb for me, of romance for you. That's big. Well, I had a girlfriend in year 11 who lived there. And Millie, who's right. great, great, great girl. And um, one that got away or... Well, she's in London, so I mean, technically, she did, <laughs> really she got did away, get man. away before the pandemic. Wow, she got away from me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She messaged me the other day because when... <laughs> Now, for that sounds money, like money, just out money. over. Oh, yeah. I mean, everyone's seen it now. We're doing a 50 kilometer run to 
Raise oh, money yes, for yeah. my dad. And, oh, um, also, everyone should go donate. Oh, oh why did we give that the trash? <laughs> Holy shit. And we've Not, talked about your dad on this episode. Yeah, raising money for MS and yeah. um, the track stars. Go follow them on um, on Instagram because we're trying to raise yeah. money for MS by running 50 kilometres in May, me, my sisters, and some now, of my now sisters. to friends. be clear, the method money is raised by, is by you donating. Yeah. So donate. And we'll post the link yeah we'll post the tracks like, yeah we will we we will make it clear on our page but in but saying yes. that that is why Millie of Ulam got right, a message right. to say well done that you I don't that. believe you can run fifty k <laughs> fat fuck yeah it's pretty weird she's gone for you know I left you because you could only do forty eight <laughs> in a month and now you're telling the world you could do fifty stop lying Henry stop lying <laughs> yeah and that reverse psychology is just motivating you further it's like she's she's done you a service ah uh, no but she's great yeah she's awesome but she um she was in Clayfield so I think I still she's awesome man I just like the memory of like. Um, can you drive me to Clayfield? Be there for like two hours, watch a movie, then get picked up. Yeah, that's very. That's, so it, it was. It's that's Clayfield. It was a suburb me. of romance for you because it was a real suburb of friendship for me. Oh, cool. Because um, Xavier lived in Hendra, but very close to Clayfield. Mm. Um, and my other great mate of that era, Harry, lived in Woolwin, but again, very close to Clayfield. So whenever you drive past, you know the Clayfield markets or even the Eagle Junction railway station. It was always the context of I'm going to my friend's house. Yeah, and for me, so I was like, even, I'm going to my girlfriend's. It was like, it now when fun. I, now when I, if I pass through that suburb, I still get the sense of like, oh, I'm, I'm about to see a friend. And then I'm like, oh, no, I'm just like driving to the airport or something. Yeah, that's why when I sat down to be like, sick, we're doing Clayfield and found relatively little to talk about. I yeah. was like, oh, but I have such positive emotions yeah, towards this place. But I suppose it's it's not the place, it's the people in it 100%. that create the memories. And beautiful people in it, it is. Uh, something that's not written down here I just want to mention briefly. Mm. Clayfield has a Charlie's Raw Squeeze. Of course. Now, we've, How are gotten, they going? we've gotten into such strife yeah. oh. just this past week. <sighs> oh. But I'm more confident in this. Not just Charlie's, but the whole Raw Squeeze, acai bowl, yeah. health food industry. Yeah. Just knock two bucks off the price. Yeah, this is punching up, I feel. Just knock two or three dollars. The fucking... It's not just their fault. It's just that they're a chain, so they have, like, a lot of prominent locations. My God, it's some fucking blended frozen bananas and berries. Like, how can it cost this much? I don't know who Charlie is, but Charlie's probably living in the Bahamas. Charlie's rolling in it. Charlie hasn't squeezed it raw (laughs) for fucking years. Anyway... It is nice. I just wanted to mention yeah, that. It's, oh, it's just, but it's... they're not like super groovy smoothies or anything. No, like, no. These the Milton markets, the Milton markets, stylish juices with the big wedge of fruit, yeah. amazing. I'd and actually the, say yeah. reasonably priced for what you get. I'd love to see Charlie raw that's, squeeze that's one of those out. Yeah. Um, all I've got, all I've got to Charlie, say, Charlie, like Henry. not wearing protection, is a ch- I'm raw, but oh my god, man, I'm, I'm Charlie, Charlie. I'm raw, raw like Charlie. This is fucked. Um, Eagle Junction Station, yeah, looks a bit. It's actually been redone, but still looks a bit rough around the edges on the outside. I'm here to tell you, right next to Eagle Junction Station is a sort of classic, like, neighbourhood fry-up. Like, like a little carvery fish sort of thing. Like, Yeah, close to a carvery, but not so much sandwiches. But, like, chips, um, you know, maybe a bit of chook, bit of fish, burgers, whatever. Best potato gems and close to the best milkshake you'll ever have in Brisbane. Unreal. And so reasonably priced. Proud to throw our podcast endorsement behind this very reasonably priced. And there's also a bakery there and there's a barber. I've frequented all those places in my youth. I don't think our support of this business means we don't love the worker. No, we love the worker too. But just shan't you look how nice we are. If we found out there was any underpayment going on, we'd be very upset. But yeah, I just wanted to mention Eagle Junction Station. If you ever need to change stations there or whatever and you've got 10 minutes... Get the potato jams, grab and a, the milkshake, and a haircut. It's fucking divine. Get, get a haircut. you've written. Go to the bakery if you can. Yep. There's a tobacconist. Miss your train, you get you. another haircut if it, if buy, it takes buy that some, long. Buy some cheaper property in Clayfield comparative to Ascot, but still very expensive. There's lots you can do if you miss yeah. your train. Um, there was a review. We'll, we'll, we'll quickly yeah. wrap this up. But there um, was- When I was struggling for something to say about Clayfield, I, I went on this website that just has people reviewing suburbs like with the idea of people about to move to Brisbane. Yeah. Um, Stay in your line. Don't do you care to read this review, Hen, of Clayfield? Loved it. Um, there's a guy in who character. lives there in his family home. Strong opinion on Clayfield. Never in my life have I encountered a more pretentious group of individuals. Self-importance and materialism dominates the character of people. It's more important to drive a European car and keep up with the Joneses than to be a real person who's down to earth. 
Most of the people here stick their noses up in the air, even though they have little or no education and basic <laughs> understanding of the real world. The families come from money, but they have more ass than class, that's for sure. Who hurt you? <laughs> I know. How bitter is... Also, Whoa! every other review is like... I think I wrote that after Millie <laughs> broke up with me. <laughs> every other review is like one or two sentences being like, great suburb, nice parks, good proximity to CBD. This is the longest review on that website by a mile. Also, you picked up on it. No education. That's not true. Like, we, just, we spoke about three schools. I was also like... Places swimming in schools. Also, the knock on like, oh, wealthy, privileged, turn their nose up, is they have an excess of education. It's yeah. like, oh, they went to the sharpest private school and went to uni just because they've got money. Also, the biggest flaw in the heart of this, this guy goes, I've lived in my family home in Clayford <laughs> all my life. I'm like, brother, you're one of these families. Yeah, you are these... You're, you're sticking your nose up at yourself. Yeah. I do like the line, they have more ass than class. Because for me, I love a bit of ass. Um, I'd love to have more ass in class. No, bad. No, no, we love. We like you know not to use the terminology, but I love lower class. You know, yeah, Indian food, and I love layer ass. Uh, I love layered of, ass in a lowered class. Oh you know? yeah. And now speaking of that layered ass in the lower class, Henry, you know what time it is? Does Clayfield fuck? To me, Clayfield is just like a like a shirt off on the bed, <laughs> green shorts. Glasses. Vaping, yeah, wearing glasses, suburb. It's just a big <laughs> jack a big of jack of all hardy trades. Big fat hunk of sex. Just this slobbery jabber. <laughs> just this dude who can't keep it together. Just a housemate who wonders Mentally in recording, lies on the bed. <laughs> yeah, Jack's Jack's here. Jack's here. Um, not particularly powerful microphone, so you can't hear him. Um. I can imagine what your answer is going to be, Henry, because obviously you're, what do you think I'm you've say? said it's the suburb of yeah. romance and you, you clearly had a lot of early, I imagine, sexual experiences there. Oh, don't know about that, but Clayfield fucks. Yeah, I think Clayfield fucks so much. It's got like, you know, some pretty loose schools. It's got units. I don't know if units fuck. Oh, yeah, they do. No, families in units, mate. Purely young people. Oh, ripping it's usually in. more older people who downsized to a unit and lost a spouse. I'm thinking like brick units, oh, trendy units. Wrong. I'm thinking of trendy units. Ah, well, there's the problem. <laughs> wrong. We're quickly, we quickly. We, if only we could go back in time and future problems <laughs> solve that situation just there. Uh, um, but yeah, no, I, I can't put my finger on it, but just, just every part of it fucks. A it just bit. fucks, and it's it doesn't have quite necessarily like the absurd poshness of like a Hamilton or Ascot. I can't remember. Did we say those suburbs fucked? I think Ascot. I can't yes, remember. Hamilton. No. But I think there's a there's a coyness that I find fu- yeah. find quite fucky. Jeez, use that for your theatre warm ups, kids. Find quite fucky. Find quite fucky. Yeah, it's not find hard. quite fucky. Find Jack? quite fucky. Find quite fucky. You've just moved my okay. entire bit. Which I find quite fucky. Find quite fucky. I um, find quite fucky that is a coy suburb because yeah. as Georgia said, she was like, I think Clayfield's a place yeah, okay. where rich people go, but they don't want to show off. There's less of a show off element than Ascot. Whereas I think Clayfield, yeah. which I think is true, big houses that are less showy. Yeah. And I think that's quite fucky. It's like, wow, what an attractive person wearing that big baggy jumper. <laughs> you, know what, you know when someone's... When someone yeah, that, fucks, I feel like that's a like, fashion that is They're a not like big, wearing that to hide it. No, I'm not saying they're hiding anything. <laughs> I'm just saying it's... Why do you think wealth in Clayfield is hidden from you? I don't think it's hidden. <laughs> But Where it do you doesn't think it need is? to show up. Like, no, I agree. There, there, there are fewer like estates in Clayfield and that's borne out by the like yeah. density of the population. Yeah, I just think it's a classic suburb. I think if you want the proximity to the city and you want to live in like a nice area, but yeah, you don't want to be stung with the name brand of Ascot, you go for Clayfield. And that fucks. And that fucks so much. Well, it's a city on a river and don't you ever forget it, kid. And that's all we've got time for today on an episode that we thought would be 35 minutes long. That was Clayfield. Hope it has been thoroughly unpacked in your opinion. And if you've got a future problem that needs solving, <laughs> ask me in the past. If you've got a future problem, yo, I'll solve it. That's Joe's rap. Check out my mates going out to Perth. <laughs> Check out my mates as they go out in Perth. Let's <laughs> see if Perth can hold it. Perth, babies. <laughs> <laughs> We're going home, home, baby. <laughs> the guards didn't let us in. Um, folk, yeah, we mentioned it briefly, but if you want to donate to Track Stars to raise money for the MS, mm-hmm. I don't even know what the... 50K in May, that's it. Or the May 50K. May 50K, I think. May 50K, whatever it is. Um, so, Henry, you're running 50 kilometres across the course of May? Yep. Where that's are you right. at? 
I'm at six. That's pretty good. It's early days. That's yeah, a kilometer a day. Yeah, and I'm going to run to Sydney at the end <laughs> when, I, when I need a few more hours just to get my yeah, last few hours. hours yeah, 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 just uh, no. Actually, go, go north. Less police. Oh. Probably just uh, push it a bit because I'll be speeding. Yeah, <laughs> the odometer's like, beep, beep, beep. oh, <laughs> that guy. Just, um, oh. Yeah, so do that, and then a few tickets left for the mangroves at the West Room. Yeah, uh, we'll be doing this again next week. So write in any suburbs you feel like you want to hear, and any leads or tip-offs you have on connections to yeah. someone who could make a Scooby-Doo reunion happen on Tangalooma. And if you know any cafes that are offended by the comments we make on the show, like I'd rather you didn't tell us. But or if, do, you, if you must. Or do, because I consider we'll this whole epi- episode a big... Yeah, there's no such thing as bad publicity. That's all we'll say. Some would say. Some would say. Some Thanks would say. very much for joining us, folks. We'll be back next time on UB.